0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: I have a responsibility even right now. I believe in the hope of the rapture and I believe that we can comfort each other with those words. And I think that we can, again, know that we're not going to face the wrath of God. But, beloved, we don't know how bad it's going to get before the wrath comes. How bad did it get in Nazi Germany? How bad is it right now in North Korea? Are there Christians in North Korea? You better bet there are. How about in China right now? Uh, Communist China.
0: Sometimes this world just looks like it's going straight down the drain. Wars, diseases, murders, atrocities. It all seems very bleak. It was pretty bleak in the time of the prophet Joel, too. But Joel had an unwelcome message. It's going to get worse. We live in something called the last days, but there is a day coming, the day of the Lord, which will make all of these hardships pale in comparison. Thankfully for the Christian, God's mercy will shield us from that day, but how about those around you? Let's join Pastor David in the book of Joel, chapter 1, verse 8, for today's study.
1: Listen to what he says, verse 8, 9, and 10. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. That's one thought here. I believe that that's, that's, that's a major emotional loss that's going through the people. If you can just imagine, when they say like a virgin that's girded with sackcloth, that meant that they did not quite get married. They were engaged, but somehow before they became engaged, that husband was, was taken away either because of, because of death or whatever the reason. So again, just the devastation of that. If you can, again, just just imagine that thought. You're engaged, and then maybe just perhaps uh, days or weeks before your your wedding day, uh, that 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 groom is 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 murdered or taken out of the scene. Just the devastation that that would be. So again, there's an emotional loss that's going through with the people. Then verse nine. Grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn, who minister to the Lord. so I believe there in verse nine he 's talking about a spiritual loss we Talked the other the other day about those that again uh, uh, there, there was nothing their 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 worship was absolutely empty and useless. Well, that's not necessarily what they're saying here. What they're saying is everything that they would use for the offering for the worship has been taken away. The, the grain offerings that they would give, the drink offerings that they would give, all of these things have been taken away and and lost. The priests mourn who ministered to the Lord. And then there's a financial loss in verse 10. The field is wasted, the lands mourn, for the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up, and the oil fails. There's not even a way to make a living at that point in time. So every aspect of their life has been pretty much wiped out. And he says in verse 11, Be ashamed, you farmers, wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished all of their investment all of their security everything is gone be ashamed you farmers i look at my garden that i tried to grow this summer okay i'm kind of ashamed of that garden because my summer garden did absolutely nothing okay but Again, here, no, we're talking about major farmers that are producing not only for their own families, but also for the nation and for trade and, and for uh, income and everything. And their farms are able to produce nothing because of the devastation that took place. All the wheat, all the barley, the harvest, all of it's perished. The vine is dried up. The fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree and the palm tree also. And the apple tree all, in case, he says, in case I forgot any, all the fields of, or the trees of the field are withered. Surely, what has withered? Joy has withered from the sons of men. The economic crash that happened here in the United States back around 2007, 2008 in that range, some of it happened a little earlier in some parts, some a little later. The devastation that that was in some people's lives, people actually took their lives. There was a a high rise, a high spike of of suicides during that time. Why? Because in just a single day or within a couple of days, people lost everything, lost absolutely everything uh there were situations that i know uh of of people who had invested together all of their all of their retirement and everything was pretty well planned and set to go yeah i've I've got this great man uh next year i'm going to be able to retire and we're going to be able to live pretty good for the rest of our life and then all of a sudden every everything was taken away i mean pennies To the dollar. And some just couldn't handle that. They just could not handle that and they committed suicide. We've seen major corporations in our nation. Just completely fold, completely go under, and when that happens, multitude, hundreds of thousands of jobs are lost at, like that uh, in in just a moment. And when that happens, then the the ripple effect again of all the economy that's supported by all of these jobs it happens. It's happened in our nation where joy has withered away from the sons of men. We we went through that time, and for some, it's still happening. Some say, "Oh, we're 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 on a an economic uh revival right now no i don 't think it 's an economic revival i think it 's uh maybe a bump and, and that 's about it uh, I would not i, I 'm not speaking prophetically here okay just just so you know uh, i 'm not speaking prophetically uh, i 'm just saying don 't trust the economy okay maybe i 'm speaking prophetically, but don 't trust the economy because i don 't think it 's there to last i don 't think it 's there to last. He goes on to say in verse 13, gird yourselves and lament. Who? Who should lament? The priest. That's the spiritual leaders in essence. If we bring that to today, that would be the pastors. That would be the elders. That would be those, you know, again, that are, that are leaders within the body of Christ. Girding yourselves and lamenting. Why? Because I'm losing something. No, but because the heart of the priest, because the heart of the pastors and the elders. Man, we ought to be weeping for the people. When we see, you know, a husband and a wife, they've, they've, they've lost everything, uh, because of the economy out of no fault of their own. Man, it, it ought to cause us to weep because of that. We ought to, we ought to, again, have that same kind of feeling. He says, wail, you who minister before the Lord. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. There's an inability also at that point in time even to fulfill what they were directed by the word of God of how they should worship the Lord. Now it's great for us. We, we can worship God in our backyard. Right, I mean, if if the Lord took all of this away and we just said, "Hey, who's got the biggest backyard here?" and we're we're gonna meet over at their house next week, uh, we could we could still have church, couldn't we? Amen. We we uh, brother Alan, we we really, as much as I love the guitar and the sound system, we really don't need it, do we? I think God gave us the greatest instruments right here. We can worship Him without these things. Now, I'm gonna be the first to say these things are nice to have. Okay. But we don't need them. We don't need them. But for them, the understanding was, unless I had that grain offering, unless I had the drink offering, unless we could do the sacrifices, we can't really fulfill what God is calling, so we can't really worship. So it was a major situation. That's why he says in verse 14, Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. There was a call here for national prayer, for national mourning. When we hit the economic collapse of our country, there there were prayers and there were times of prayers that were scattered out, but I don't remember. Somebody remind me, if you know. Uh, were we called by the leadership of our country to a national day of prayer and fasting because of the economic condition of our nation? I don't remember that. I don't have great memory, but I don't remember that happening at all. As a matter of fact, we're kind of moving away from that further and further. He says, alas, verse 15, alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, what he's saying is as bad as it was there, as bad as it's already been, it's going to get worse. And I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but I do want to read the word of God to you and I want you to understand the word of God that as bad as it's been, guys, it can get worse. It can get a whole lot worse. That's the that's the that's the startling thing about it. We are still a hugely privileged nation. We cry when gas prices get to be four dollars, don't we? yeah we cry, you know if percentage rates uh start creeping up above uh uh seven or eight percent, we're going you know, no, now you know we don't know what can be bad and how bad it can get, and the fact that it can get bad pretty quick. One little bomb shot the wrong direction, causes a whole lot more bombs to come another direction, and pretty soon everything is in turmoil. In just a moment's notice, if the gasoline were shut off, if the petrol uh, uh, products were cut off to our nation, it's not just that you can't drive your car to the movie theater. it means that those trucks that bring the groceries to the grocery store, they can't drive, can they Tom how much How much supply is at your local safeway or fries? Less than three days. And if there is a run on it, probably less than three hours. That's how much of a change something could come if suddenly they say, you know, if if Syria and Saudi Arabia and a few others decide we're not selling gas to the United States anymore, and suddenly that spike of price, and these guys can't afford to drive, just in that one area. But you know what? In every area of our economy, just again, the the domino effect, and it could change that Quickly, that quickly. You know how I know that? I know that by experience. I lived in the 70s. Any of you guys went through the, the gas embargoes and the long lines and stuff? A couple of you guys that are really old, uh, like me. Uh, we, we actually had to stand. We, we, we were in lines, lines, you know, blocks and blocks long to get gas. And you were only allowed to have so much. You know, some of the young ones, you, you don't remember that, but that's within my lifetime. And uh, I could tell you weird stories about that, but you don't have time. We'll, we'll tell them later. Um, but, again, that's how I know it can happen. And I, I know it can happen because, again, if a oil refinery in Louisiana catches fire, how soon does it take them to change the prices over here at Fast Trip? The same day, the very same day. Wait a minute, that's the gas that's already been put in your tank and they've aren't they're raising it up already but that's that's how quick it can change he says alas for the day the day of the lord is at hand and it shall come as destruction from almighty we're not talking about locusts here we're not talking about syria here or the assyrians i'm sorry we're talking about destruction from the almighty is not the food cut off before your eyes joy and gladness from the house of your god the seed shrivels under the clods, storehouses are in shambles, barns are broken down for the grain has withered, how the animals groan, the herds of cattle are restless, because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. He said, this is already happening. And he says, it's going to get worse. And then he says in verse 19, O Lord, to you I cry out, for fire has devoured the open pasture. That's why the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. There's nothing even for the sheep to eat. A flame has burned all the trees of the field. That's why all the trees of the field are gone. There's no fruit available for them. The beasts of the field also cry out to you because the water brooks are dried up and fire has devoured the open pastures. It's interesting. He said that twice. In verse 19, he says, So, Lord, to you I cry out, for fire has devoured the open pastures. Then the end of verse 20, he says, And fire has devoured the open pastures. And I look at that and I think, Lord, what exactly? Why why is that even repeated? Why is that there twice that he would put that the fire has devoured? Number one, I believe it's very clear that it is so utterly and totally devastated and devoured everything. But it's not just the open pastures. I believe that the landscape literally was, was almost like a moonscape. Uh, we look at the destruction of floods right now, all that's going on in Colorado, uh, all that happened with uh, Hurricane Sandy, all that had happened years ago with the hurricanes down in in the Gulf. And you see the devastation there. But, you know, here recently we've also had some major, major fires that have gone through places in Colorado, the devastation of the fires that we've had here in Arizona, um, up all across the western states. And when you go and you look, has anybody looked at just like at, at a place like that where a major fire has gone through and you've looked within just a couple of weeks after that? It's literally like moonscape. It's just absolute devastating. Several years ago, they had a huge fire up in the White Mountains and a couple of weeks following this thing, once we were finally able to drive there, they opened the roads and you could drive for miles and miles and miles. Just absolute devastation. And you think all of that vegetation, all of those trees, all of the animals, everything just literally wiped out. Now that was because of the care. Well, that one actually was because somebody actually set the fire. But these fires come sometimes by carelessness, sometimes by stupidity. Uh, But when the Almighty comes, when he causes it to happen, I believe he does a total and a complete job. And when you go out and say, I can't even farm the land because everything is scorched. I I can't even pick my harvest because all of the vines have been destroyed. All of the fig trees are gone. The apple trees are gone. All the trees of the field are gone. There's nothing, nothing there. Let me ask you at that point in time, what do you eat? What do you survive on? Well, you start surviving on what animals are left because they can't eat anyway, and they're going to be dying pretty quick. But pretty soon, those animals are going to be gone. And it says that even the brooks are dried up, the water's gone. What a horrible, horrible situation that is, to think that you're in a situation here where all of the food is gone, the water is gone, uh, there's, there's nothing there to to survive on, and even all of your animals are going... The devastation. That's why in chapter two, he says, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Why? Because it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. In Israel, they blow the trumpet for several reasons. When it's time to worship, they blow the shofar to bring all the people in to worship. During times of praise and worship, blowing the shofar, blowing the trumpet. When an army is out on the field and it's time to charge and take, take, take charge and attack the enemy, they blow the trumpet. But they also blow the trumpet when it's great warning and it's time to gather together. Yeah, again, and that's what he's saying he, th- here is blow the warning trumpet, blow the warning trumpet in Zion, because as bad as it is right now, it's going to get worse. He says in verse two, now this is the second time he's used that phrase. The day of the Lord is coming. The first day was over in chapter one, verse 15. Day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. It's going to be a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. O oh, people, come great and strong, the like of whom, or I'm sorry, a people Come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. He says, a fire devours before them, behind them a flame burns. It's interesting, again, he's coming in with this flame thing. And I can't think of any worse way to die than to be burnt to death to have a fire just come and and overwhelm you. Again, because you're going to feel that for a while. Not only do you see it, you you experience it for a season, you feel it for a while until finally your system shuts down. And he says this fire is coming before them. There's going to be behind them a flame. Now I look over here in the earlier passage and says, man, it's devoured everything else. But now he's speaking of what's yet going to come. The day of the Lord is coming. It's even at hand. This people are coming. This fire is coming before them. This fire is coming behind them. God is speaking here of this greater judgment that's going to come to them. Now, one of the things we know, as God took uh, the nation Israel, the northern kingdom, out by the Assyrians, and the Assyrians tried to come uh, and get uh, Judah, they devastated so much of the land. Guess what's going to happen in just a few years, I think, about 150 years or so, Babylon comes and they do take Judah and they do take Jerusalem and they do take the people. So we see this, that there is a near-at-hand fulfillment of this prophecy. But if Peter says what Joel is talking about here is what's happening here on the day of Pentecost, then that means to me that this last day, this day of the Lord's coming, is also prophetically, there's another mountaintop that this is going to be, and it's going to be a much greater, complete fulfillment. And I believe it's going to be more than a national fulfillment. I believe that it's going to be, even as we read in Peter and in Second Timothy, it's going to be a worldwide fulfillment. He says, a fire devours before them, behind them are burning flames. Peter even says that, hey, this, all all that we see, everything that's around us, it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. Totally done away. God destroyed it the first time by water. The second time he's going to destroy it by fire. That's why a friend of mine, I I caught the phrase from him years ago. He says, we worry about the stuff we have. Hey, guys, it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. So, uh, how 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 important is all that stuff? I, I love my wife. Uh, she is becoming more and more a minimalist. Okay, she uh, there, there's stuff that gets thrown away that I don't even know that I ever had, but it was like important to me. Okay, but uh, but now it's gone and and I don't even know it anymore. She says it's just stuff. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. And how important stuff becomes to us and the Lord says you know what you need to just kind of let loose and let loose of that stuff keep your focus on me don't worry about this stuff the fact is I truly believe according to the word of God that before the wrath of God comes that there's going to be a different trumpet call for the trumpet of the Lord shall resound and the dead in Christ shall rise first And then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. That's the trumpet call I'm looking for. But guys, I gotta tell you this. I gotta tell you this. You've got to live as if you're gonna be here through it all. You've gotta have the mindset that, hey, I'm not just gonna live, you know, footloose and fancy free. I have a responsibility, even right now. I believe in the hope of the rapture, and I believe that we can comfort each other with those words. And I think that we can, again, know that we're not going to face the wrath of God. But, beloved, we don't know how bad it's going to get before the wrath comes. How bad did it get in Nazi Germany? How bad is it right now in North Korea? Are there Christians in North Korea? You better bet there are. How about in China right now? Uh, Communist China one of the fastest places that Christianity is growing right now is in China is in China and it's illegal and you got to beg your neighbors to come to church. I started of say your pastor needs to beg you to come to church, but that'd be kind of like shooting the choir. Okay. No, we're glad that you guys are here, but, but really and truly in, in China at the risk of their life, they go down this alley, down this street, around this corner, down another alley, up a flight of stairs to get to like eight stories high to meet in a room half the size of this packed in with 150 people to be able to hear the word of God. So we ain't seen nothing yet is what I'm saying. We are blessed right now. And we pray, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But at the same time, we need to be strengthened To grow in that grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we might be strong and powerful in the midst. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of the Open Word. Pastor David will continue sharing with us from the Minor Prophets next time. What we'll learn is that even though many of these books are quite short, they are full of important prophetic insights. Now, we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. You can also subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. The Open Word Podcast is always available and completely free. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to TheOpenWord.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Pastor David shares insights from the Minor Prophets. That's next time on The Open Word.